This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Support for Husker CuzCast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Hey, boys, while you're down there trimming that loafro, you don't want to damage the boys. So that's why you need to go get a Manscaped new redesigned electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And hey, don't use that same trimmer that you use on your face and use it on your balls and then go back to your face. Come on, man. That's nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. That's right. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADS at manscaped.com. That's right. 20% off and free shipping. Great deal. Especially around the holidays, if you go to manscaped.com, use the code BIGHEADS, one word. It's a gift that keeps on giving, guys. Hey, welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the Cousins, Derek and Tyler. And just like that, the season is over for the Huskers. Nebraska fell to Iowa 27-24 to on a field goal in the final seconds of the game. Now let the heartbreak ensue. We miss out on a bowl game for the third year in a row. Derek, how depressing is it knowing that we will not have Husker football again over the holidays? Well, I'm getting numb to it, maybe. I don't, I don't want to, but yeah, it sucks. Yeah, Tyler, what, what, what do you think about missing out on a bowl game here? I mean, going into the season, I didn't think this was a possibility. I mean, it, it's you're almost in shock, you know, because you just you didn't see it this year. You just didn't see it, but... It happened, so uh, I guess off to next season. Yeah, now we're going to do our season recap next week, Uh, but first we're going to talk about the Iowa game. Uh, Tyler, what are your overall thoughts on how the game played out? You know, I mean, I think you look at the way this game started. I mean, the the wheels kind of fell off early for this defense, and then it settled in there and you know we made a couple plays offensively made a couple plays defensively kind of got back in the game and then the fourth quarter came we had all the momentum and then our offense just stopped moving the ball um you know i think when you look at this game as a whole i was the only one to predict iowa last week and it's kind of because i thought iowa was a much better team and you know if this wasn't the win or go home type game that it was you could have almost looked at this game as a moral victory, but it was that game. We led up to that. We had to win it. So we're just kind of left here with our thumbs up our asses. <laughs> Derek, what are your overall thoughts on this game? Hey, which game are we recapping again? <laughs> what? Because it, it feels like we've had the same recap about six or seven times this year. Yeah. That's uh, good you point. know, it's, it's, the same, it's the same song and dance. I mean, damn. You know, you start off miserably, 
Your defense gives up two huge touchdowns right off the bat. Your special teams gives off a huge touchdown. And it's like, God dang, and you look like you're going to get your asses kicked. And then you finally get some momentum coming back. And and, and defense, hey, defense stiffed up in that second half. That that was phenomenal until it mattered in the last drive. Yeah. And, and it just seems like it's it's the same thing every week. And it's just mind-blowing. Well, let, let's stick with that because that is certainly a negative. Let's break this up into negatives and positives. Let's focus on the negatives at this point. So continue with the negatives there, Derek. Well, again, you're talking about a situation where three or four plays in this game changed everything. You know, if you can just come up with a stop on two of those big runs or don't give up a kickoff return, which I don't know why we kicked it deep there to begin with. We hadn't been kicking deep for two weeks. Uh, so it just didn't make sense to me. And I, Again, if you, if you can get one of those stops, all of a sudden this might be a different game. But... Again, it's just the same story as every other week. It always takes that one play that you just couldn't seem to get a hold of. You know, the offense couldn't move the ball for shit in the first half. They did better in the second half. But, yeah, I, it's, 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 so, it's just it's heartbreaking at this point. Like, we've just seen this game over and over again this year. It's like they just put, it, they just put the same song on repeat, and it's the same desperate, depressing, bullshit song. And you get tired of hearing it. it. Yeah, we're 24 games into the Scott Frost regime, and man, it's some things don't change. Hey, Tyler, uh, what were some negatives from your standpoint? Well, I think you know a lot of the negatives came early in that game. I would say the two big ones that come to mind is our rush defense. I mean, this was an Iowa team that you know had no success running the ball, and they ran for 152 yards in the first quarter. And secondly, I would point to the swing pass. We ran that play to death um, in the first quarter, namely, got nothing off of it. I mean, I, I mean, dude, I mean, you could point to so much. Our first downs throughout the game were terrible. I mean, we couldn't do anything on first down the whole game. Um, you know, you look at the, the the swing pass. We were always, you know, ran that play what was it eight times for two yards. I think someone posted. I mean, it, it yeah. just, you know, you look at the quarterback play. I thought Adrian Martinez struggled really tough in that game. Our offensive line couldn't pass block. I mean, I, I at the end of the game, we gave up a drive. I mean, God, special teams, it was just, it goes on and on and on. It's just, and, and, and again, you would like to look at this game and say we hung with a really good team. You'd like to be positive, but it's just, it's hard to be optimistic when we've just seen this so many times, like Derek said. Well, let's talk about those swing passes a little bit. You know, two things on this. About four or five of those swing passes were exactly what Scott Frost talks about, though. One guy not doing his job. One guy. There was one play where we had a wide open spot. There was one guy that needed to be blocked, and our receiver goes down and double teams the guy at the tight end's blocking instead of covering the cornerback. You know, if you block that cornerback, it might have went for a while. Uh but here's, here's the real question for you guys. How can our defense not stop a goddamn swing pass when that's all we run? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, good point. You know, Iowa does it better, apparently. <laughs> I mean, they, they did. They ran a screen pass, and we had nobody on that side of the field. Yeah. 
you know... Uh, I, I don't understand it. I just It blows me away. You know, Derek, you kind of alluded to that final drive that Iowa had. And there was like, what, 32 seconds when they started <clears throat> that final drive? Forty-one. I thought it was 41 seconds, but I could be wrong. But uh, w- when they started that... Either way. Yeah, either way, there wasn't much. Long pass, and we get a catch a break by, uh, you know, they, they said he did not have possession of that long pass, which would have put him near field goal range there. And, you know, it, it, the time trickles down to, I don't know, 20, 20-something seconds, right? And we still can't make the stop. They still threw throwing bombs, getting it down there. That was so depressing. You know, <clears throat> when we recovered that fumble, it kind of felt like, wow, the tide is going to change for this team. We're going to go down there. And I just felt like we were going to score a field goal, win it on a field goal. I mean, that would have been like poetic justice there, the way this season has been, to go down there and kick a field goal to win it. It felt felt right to me. You see Adrian Martinez run out of bounds when it became obvious that we needed to play for overtime. I think everybody sitting at home watching it on TV, everybody in that stadium uh, knew we were playing for overtime except Adrian Martinez in that spot. And... I don't think Scott. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it was necessarily Adrian Martinez's fault. He got pushed out of bounds. Well, I mean, but but as far as the play call, you know, it was a uh, quarterback run inside, and he bounces it out, and he keeps going out. And that, that's not even the play that bothered me on that last drive. It was uh, that blindside block that they called on us. That was such a bogus call. Yeah, I, I, that was a bullshit call. I, it killed that drive and. That's when that's when Scott Frost decided. Okay, let's just play for overtime. Yeah, and, and that was fine. Everybody everybody knew that, but I mean that was so disappointing. But then you know it goes back to Iowa, and you know I kind of thinking that they're going to run out the clock there to play for overtime. Nope, they go aggressive, not conservative. Ferrets. I mean it was aggressive. Get down there and whoop our ass again. It was that was depressing. Tyler, what'd you think? Well, I mean, you guys kind of said, I mean, that final drive was just a lot of mismanagement. I mean, you know, you brought in Luke McCaffrey at a really weird time in the game. They didn't call a timeout. You know, if you wanted to get Luke in the game, you could have put him at wide receiver so you didn't have to have this weird time runoff. Then you run a play with him. It, you know, he ends up turning it into a, you know, a nice little gain. Um, and, I, and actually, you guys forget, I think we started the drive with a false start, right? Like that's how we started. I, the, so. I think we started the final drive with a false start, the game that we should win. Which, of course, we stub our toes there after playing a pretty disciplined game, you know. And then he has a nice play, and then they substitute Adrian back in, and then yeah, he does a boneheaded play and runs out of bounds. I mean, it's just you know. And then the defense. I mean, this defense again. You look at that midway in the second quarter. I mean, they they allowed from I think about the second half of the first uh half or the second quarter they allowed 12 yards in the third quarter they allowed negative yards and then all of a sudden the fourth quarter until that drive they had given up less than 40 yards or 45 yards something like that apologize for the stats i and i think almost 30 of that was on one run right before right before the fumble yeah and then oh 100 and then they and then you get the fumble and yeah, Justin, you said it. We had it. I mean, this defense really showed up for. I mean, they you know they were rewriting it, and then I don't know what happened. And 
guys, the thing that sucks is we got a lot of calls in this game. And Derek, you talk about the bullshit of that block in the back. That's fine. But I'm still not convinced they should have overturned that pass. I'm still not convinced that shouldn't have been targeting. There was a blatant face mask that... Oh, get over it. That should not have been targeting. It was clearly shoulder to shoulder. He bled with his he, head. He wasn't he even with near his, his head. head. He did not. His head didn't even touch him. Go watch that play I didn't again. Say his head to touch him. That's not the rule. He led with his head. Well, my head's usually on top of everything, so it's kind of the way it works. I, 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 if you're I, not making I, contact with the head, it's not supposed to be targeting. We got away with a lot of calls in that game. or we got Maybe we didn't get away. Every call that could have went our way that was close went our way until the end. Yeah, that's fine. That's kind of what home field advantage is supposed to do for you. We got a lot of breaks, which was good. It was good. I mean, we need them. Yeah. Didn't help us, but. Not, not in the end. It helped us, just not enough. Uh, what about some positives out of this game? We had we had plenty of positives. Derek, take some positives out of this game. Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, Tyler, you talked about our defense. You know, after giving up 151 yards rushing, which is the most that Iowa had had since Middle Tennessee State uh, in a game, and after that, we shut them down. You know, their pass game was completely inefficient. Nate Stanley did not look good in that game, and you could talk maybe it was partially weather, but. I mean, I don't know. He didn't just didn't look good to me. We held him to 99 yards passing. And a lot of it was on that one play at the end that killed us. We held him to 13 first downs. We beat him in time of possession. If you had told me we were going to beat him in time of possession, I told you were full of shit. Uh, I mean, there were things that we did. We, we won the turnover battle until the very last play when we tried to hook and ladder and fumbled it and lost it. But... Other than that, we were winning the turnover battle. I, there were so many good things that went this that went right in this game that looked so good, but you just couldn't. Even the red zone, like I red zone attempts, we only got in the red zone one time, and we converted it to into a touchdown, not not a field goal, but a touchdown. That was good. Uh, field goal, we only, I think we only went went for one field goal. We made that one field goal. And it was a 40-plus-yard field goal by this soccer player. Uh, looked great. Yeah. You know, I, there were a lot of good things in this game. It was just a matter of finishing it off. And I, it was something that this team just cannot do for some reason. They're cursed. Tyler, positives. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think I would go with penalties. I mean, we only have three penalties. That's pretty nice. And and, I, and again, I think against that Iowa team, I mean, we ran the ball, uh, you know, effectively. I mean, a hundred, you know, 184 yards. I think is what we ended with. Um, yeah, 184 yards. I mean, that that's a pretty good game against that team. Um, and, and Dedrick Mills, I thought looked good running the ball, and especially in the third quarter, Adrian was okay running the ball. Probably not his best game rushing, but. Yeah, I think overall we we were pretty effective running the ball against Iowa. So yeah, that'd probably be where the positives are. But but let me just say this too: like this was supposed to be one of the best defenses we faced outside of Wisconsin and Ohio State, and we knew that it was a good possibility our offense could struggle. So it really wasn't that big of a surprise, especially with the weather, that this team struggled to move the ball on this good defense. Yeah. No, I mean I get it. That's the thing: is that there there is nothing wrong. 
I want to be careful how I say this. The way we played against Iowa, if we played Iowa 10 times, this is probably the second or third best performance we have seen out of that. Like, I mean, we almost did everything that almost could have gone our way, did. Like, there, there's not many more scenarios I see as playing better, this team playing better than Iowa. But that's isn't that the problem, right? This was our best effort, and it wasn't enough against Iowa. And and that's where we are. And so we're, we're going to go back to the drawing board as a team and, and get ready for the offseason. All right, let's talk about the uh, coaching decisions there in the game. Uh, there were some uh, questionable uh, coaching decisions, right? Derek, any thoughts on the coaching decisions? I, I'm not as harsh on the coaching decisions as a lot of other people are. I, I will say, and I know this is one of Justin's big ones, but I, but I will say this. When Luke McCaffrey came in and threw that touchdown on that uh, RPO, essentially is what it was, uh, you know, he le- they left Spielman wide open because they were playing run. They thought he was going to run the ball because that's what Luke McCaffrey does. And they left Spielman wide open. He got a touchdown out of it. It was a great play. I thought at that point, yeah, yeah, leave him in for another drive. See if he can help. But the only problem with that statement is Adrian Martinez did lead us down. Adrian Martinez in the running game did lead us down on the next drive and get us a touchdown too. So even if Luke McCaffrey comes in and gets a touchdown, it's the same outcome. It doesn't really change anything. The, the only play call that really, really flustered me it was that backwards pass to... Wyatt Missouri, that was supposed to be a double pass, it, and it got broken up right away. Now, uh, Wyatt Missouri played quarterback in high school, and if he gets that ball off and hits that wide receiver, because there was nobody covering him, and if he hits that, all of a sudden everybody's going, holy shit, that was a great play. But it got busted right from the get-go, and so it looked like garbage. And I, I didn't like the call too much. Uh, I know a lot of people are complaining about J.D. Spielman throwing the pass to Martinez. I thought oh, I thought it was a pretty damn good pass. Martinez actually needed to finish his route and actually try to catch the ball. He kind of slows up and dives after the ball instead of trying to catch it in stride. Uh, Justin, you made the comment, why, why, didn't, why not put Luke McCaffrey in there to throw that ball? I think the problem with that is now that play becomes uh, a lot more predictable. With, with throwing with J.D. Spielman, it was... Nobody expected to see it, so I, I didn't necessarily disagree with it. But I mean, if you're if you're talking about who's got the better arm to throw the ball, yeah, you probably want Luke McCaffrey in there. But at the, at the end of the day, I they threw everything at the kid, but the kids are sink at these guy at these guys, and I, I think they learned their lesson when none of them were working and decided just to start playing downhill football a little bit better. Tyler, anything to add? No, I mean, I think. I mean, honestly, I think Derek kind of hit it there. I mean, I think the. I don't know. Do you do you have anything to add, Justin? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the decision not to put Vedral or not Vedral to put. Uh, well, since I brought up Vedral, I'm going to talk about that. I thought that was very weird. The timing that uh, Vedral came in on that second possession there, uh, I. It was. It just seemed like a strange sequence of events, as if. You know, Scott Frost had like a little bit of notes jotted down on a post-it note, and he just grabbed it and just like threw them in. It just seemed uh, 
it just didn't seem right. I don't, you know, uh, at that time we had a text group text going on. It was like, what the hell is going on here? None of it made sense. And it's it really still didn't even Scott Frost. You know, he said that they had a special package of plays for Vedral and McCaffrey. And I thought the timing was just strange there. As far as the no, not, I keep saying no Vedral, uh, McCaffrey, Luke McCaffrey coming in for that one play. I thought it was very strange how Luke McCaffrey comes in, throws a touchdown pass, and he seems to re-energize that whole stadium, that whole team, the defense. Everything gets the big old jolt of uh, energy out of that one play, and the offense comes back out, and it's Adrian Martinez. I understand Adrian Martinez went down the field and scored a touchdown, but I just thought it was a little bit silly how the guy that brought all of this energy into the team wasn't back out there. I mean, let, let's leave him in there. I don't think Adrian Martinez played a great game at all. You guys can agree to that. There's that one stat that they showed on on TV. At one point, he was 5 for 8 for 16 yards passing. Why? You know, a lot of swing passes, a lot of short passes, no downfield uh, throws. Anytime that they were trying to throw it downfield, who was throwing it? Get a little bit of trickery, get Wyatt Missouri or J.D. Spielman to throw it out down there. Use your quarterbacks. You have quarterbacks that can throw the ball. Throw them. Use them to throw it. And if you want to use some trickery or something, do it with Vedral or Luke McCaffrey. I. It, it was it was a little bit crazy the way that he was using his personnel sometimes. And at the end, uh, are those the exact reasons that we lost? No, there's a lot of reasons that we lost, but you know those add to it. When you have missed opportunities like that because you don't have the right personnel, it kills drives. It simply kills drives. It's missed opportunities is what it comes down to for me. So I think this loss is 100% on Scott Frost. Uh, the, the players, I think they played an outstanding game. The defense played the best game that we've seen out of them this year, right? I was pleased with what they did. I don't know. I don't know about that. Outside, outside of the first quarter and the final drive, I mean, we we didn't think that. It, yeah, but that kind of killed it. Sure, I, sure. Th- but, that that whole thing, you could argue, you can blame it all on Scott Frost if you want, but you can also blame it on the defense giving up a forty-five yard rush that went for a touchdown and a fifty-five yard rush that went for a touchdown, and then not be able to come up with any semblance of a defense on the last drive. Hey, you know what? But but that that's and all, all fine. three of those could have cost us that game. But Scott Frost generated seventeen points of offense. That's all he generated. Which is about he what did not generate I, which is exactly which is what, a lot of points against this Iowa which defense. Which is exactly what I thought they would do. Well, congratulations, you won you won it. But you know what? We put we had a we were in a position to win that game, and we didn't do it because of Scott Frost's decisions. I don't know. Plain and simple. I mean, I, I get it's easy to say. Well, why don't you keep Luke McCaffrey in? Well, shit. If Wyatt Missouri had thrown a touchdown pass, would you have put him at quarterback? Like, I mean, no. it, it, why not? Why you threw a touchdown pass? Doesn't that mean he needs to play quarterback now? Like, well, now like, you're just being and, silly. And, and, let's, and let's face it. Anybody who was going to score at that point was going to revive, revive that audio, that stadium. Yeah. It didn't matter who threw it. It was just a matter of we scored. And it 
brought the brought the fans back into it. That's what happens in a football game. Like, that's the thing. That, that's ups- what's upsetting about the Luke McCaffrey take is it makes me feel like I'm anti Luke McCaffrey, which isn't the point. The point is he came in and ran. He didn't come in and orchestrate this great drive where he went four for four and you know he ran the ball three times for really great carries. He came in, ran one play, hit a wide open wide receiver because everyone under the sun thought he was going to run. We brought him in the fourth quarter. You know what? People said, shit, he can throw the ball. No one was open. Uh, supposedly, uh, Cade Warner was, but what, no no one was open. We ran for seven, eight yards. It was still a good play, but, like, like I just, I, I like Lou McCaffrey. I think he's a really special athlete. I think he's got a bright future, and maybe he is a better option than Adrian Martinez. But everyone that's saying Luke McCaffrey, Luke McCaffrey was saying Noah Vedral, two weeks ago you know what happened Noah Vedral got in the game he almost threw a pick six one of his three passing attempts that kind of quieted it down like it you know who is it simple some of the guys said that oh Luke everyone loves Luke McCaffrey till he throws his first interception like it's just it's a it's honestly a lazy football take it really is like pick the guy who threw one pass cool he completed one for one great great job yeah, but I, I, the, the whole timing, you know, why not come out when Adrian Martinez was clearly struggling? But, what, what, I mean, he played a poor game. I'm not going to say he played a great game, you know. But So let's keep him out there. Well, let's but keep him out there. Why, why, were you, why are you so convinced that Luke McCaffrey was going to do better? Because I saw enough of Adrian Martinez that game to know that he wasn't going to get it done with his decisions making and ultimately his decisions. But at that point, it's such a close game that you you throw in Luke McCaffrey. Like It became close thanks to Luke McCaffrey. And then Adrian Martinez helped get the touchdown. <laughs> it got tied because of Adrian Martinez. Yeah. I, I get, I just, I don't, it, I, I know that you hate Adrian Martinez, Justin. It's obvious. I don't hate him. No, you do. I don't hate him. And you're going to be the guy next year that's back on his bandwagon and say, I never said bench him. Just like all the people on Twitter, anytime you call them out saying, why are you talking about benching Martinez? They said their response is, well, I'm not talking about benching him. You're bringing it up. No, when you keep saying keep Luke McCaffrey in, that means benching Adrian Martinez. That You are talking about actively benching him. You can't play it both ways. Sure you can. I mean, just because you want somebody to come into the game for a little bit, take a, a series or two, does not necessarily mean you're benching him forever. I mean, we're not doing a Gardner Minshew here. But I feel, I feel like we're getting off track here. All right, we are. We are. All right, let's take a quick break to hear from another great podcast on the Big Heads Media Network. Are you looking for a podcast that dissects and discusses the best team in the National Football League? My name is Brendan Chagru, host of the 46 Podcast, a podcast that covers the charter franchise in the NFL, the Chicago Bears. Join me after every game as I share my thoughts about the Bears, win or lose, and preview the next game with guest interviews, analysis, and my own personal joy or rage, depending on what happens with the team. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more, or check us out on the Big Heads Media Network. And we're back. It's conference championship weekend. Uh, Games start Friday with the Pac-12 championship. Uh, Tyler, what game are you most excited for this weekend? Oh, that's a great question. I'd probably... I'd lean the SEC title game. I I think that might be the most competitive game of the weekend. Um, Yeah, but honestly, this is not the most exciting conference championship weekend. So, I, I mean, I'll 
definitely watch it because I'm a degenerate that loves football. But um, I there is last weekend was much more exciting than this weekend for the matchups. Derek, what game are you most excited about? You know, honestly, one that probably isn't going to mean shit at the end of the day, but I'm exci- kind of excited for this Cincinnati-Memphis re- uh, rematch. I know it just happened last week, but it was a fun game to watch, and I think it'll be fun to watch. Memphis is just kind of a fun team to watch anyway, and I kind of look forward to that one. Uh, the SEC title game will be fun. Uh, Pac-12 one probably should be pretty fun too, but the others... I don't know. Maybe Oklahoma Baylor could be a decent matchup. Uh, the ACC and Big Ten are just garbage. You know, I'm as far as a championship game goes, I think that Cincinnati Memphis game is a little bit intriguing. Uh, Memphis they were up twenty to seventeen at the half, and Cincinnati had three turnovers in the second half, and uh, Memphis, you know, they they ended up walking away with it. Uh, Tyler, when you're talking about that SEC championship game there. You know, it, everything's about Joe Burrow there. But uh, there's a hidden gem there that he's throwing to one of his weapons as a sophomore wide receiver, Jamal Chase. That dude has 1,457 yards receiving already this year. He's just a sophomore. I mean, that guy's putting up. He's putting up huge numbers. So that's that's crazy. Uh, my The game that I'm most excited for this week is the Baylor-Oklahoma game. Uh for one, I live here in Waco, so I you know see a lot of the Baylor stuff going on. But I watched that Baylor-Oklahoma game last year, or la- when they last played, and Baylor was up 31-10 at the half. They had five possessions and five scores in that first half. The problem is they forgot to show up in the second half. <laughs> they, uh, they had five possessions in the second half. They had a fumble. Three three and outs and an interception on their final possession. The final possession that would have given them a chance to tie or win it. Uh, so, you know, it, I thought they were going to pull off the upset then. Uh, so I think that's going to be a great game. Uh, there's a lot of games that are going to impact the playoff right there. Uh, that's one of them. Uh, we'll see. Of course, that's dependent on what happens in the Georgia LSU game and Utah. And the, I mean, there's... It's, I think it's going to be fun. The, some of the matchups aren't very intriguing. You know, the Clemson-Virginia game, I'm not even sure if I'll tune into that game. But uh, it's, I'm excited. It's going to be a fun week. Uh, so let's get – yeah, go ahead, Derek. Let's talk about Clemson for just a minute. You, you realize these guys are quiet. I mean, I understand their schedule. I understand the ACC is bad this year. And I, I understand all the scheduling and everything. But these guys have quietly put together a really, really good season. They're out. They, they've scored forty-three points a game, I think it is, and only given up like ten points a game. Like they're just destroying people, and, and people are talking about Clemson like they should barely be in the playoff. Yeah. It, it kind of blows me away because you know Ohio State their their schedule is a little bit better because they got a chance to play uh, Michigan and Penn State, but. I mean, I think Clemson's done almost everything that Ohio State's done stats-wise, and it it amazes me how we've kind of just kind of just, just pushed them off to the side. They are the reigning national champions, and they're going to be in the playoff, and we'll see what they do in the playoff, but I wouldn't count them out to win another one this year. Go well, ahead, Tyler. I'll tell you, that's probably 
you want to talk about the most intriguing thing on this weekend, in my opinion, is who not who gets the fourth team? Who ends up the number one seed between LSU and Ohio State? I mean, because I'll tell you who no one wants to play is Clemson. You'll play Oklahoma. You'll play Utah. You'll play Baylor. But you, you don't want to play Clemson. Trevor Lawrence, there's going to be talks about Justin Fields and you know, yeah. Joe Burrow and you know Jalen Hurts makes the playoff. You know there'll be people that have uh, Trevor Lawrence fourth. You know what Trevor Lawrence has done since that close game against North Carolina? He's had twenty two touchdowns and three interceptions. Like yeah. he's going to have thirty touchdowns and four interceptions on the season. You know who the best quarterback that's going to be in the playoffs? It's Trevor Lawrence. Like let's let's so- stop this Joe Burrow. I mean, he's going to win the Heisman. He deserves it. But, dude, clubs is a dangerous team, and they're going to whoop. I mean, that, that they're going to dis- win, whoop up on their uh, in the conference championship. So, do you guys remember earlier in the year when people were making uh, comparisons between Trevor Lawrence and Adrian Martinez stat wise? I think Tyler, I think you were kind of clamoring that also yeah. about looking at the stats. I mean. Just because they were similar at that time. God, that was so cute back then. That was so nice. And yeah, the stats aren't even close. No, I, mean, I mean, Trevor just, Lawrence, just, just, he's on his Justin way to just have... Lo- has to find a way to get a shot on Adrian. He's, he's he, having a way better about, year than what 2018 is. Yep, no, it's great. It's, it's whenever Justin can that get a so shot. That was so cute back then. Yeah, he's, he's it's awesome, Justin. Whenever he can get a shot on Adrian, so, he loves to do it. So, but but here But here's the thing, like... We're, we're talking about Clemson, we're talking about their quarterback, and we're talking about their offense. But again, you're just kind of shutting their defense out. Like, yeah, whatever. Dude, they give up 10 points a game. 10 points. I, I don't care what conference. You're in a Power 5 conference, you're only giving up 10 points, and you're scoring that that often and that fast, and your defense is still shutting people down. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I think Clemson – is a dangerous team, and I think people are stupid to look at these guys. But do you know like, who's? They're nothing. Do you know who scored the most points against Clemson since that North Carolina game? Warford. Warford. They, they, them, and Florida State each scored fourteen points. That's it. Wow. I mean, so and, and when did Warford score? Because I'm guessing it was probably in garbage third quarter. Time. Which was probably garbage well, time. Yeah, they were but probably every up 40 game, points already. every game Clemson has played. Look at this last thirty. South Carolina thirty-eight to three. Wake Forest fifty-two to three. NC State fifty-five ten. I could keep going on and on and on, but every team has gotten garbage time Clemson because they've been up by forty at halftime every game. Yeah. Exactly, they've beat every team by thirty-five points or more, with the exception of Texas A and M. And North Carolina. North Carolina. All right. Well, let's get into our uh, score predictions. Not score predictions, but our games of the week. Uh, these games are picked straight up. Tyler, what are the updated standings? Well, Justin, uh, you're going to be in last place of the year again. I think this is uh, – is this the third or fourth year of this doing the podcast? I think it's this the fourth third, year. Fourth year, you've been last yeah. every year. So um, – but I, I'm still in first place at 62 and 17. Derek, you're 61 and 18. And Justin, even though I was giving you a hard time, most years 57 and 22 would be good enough to win it. We're just we there haven't been many upsets, or we're really good at picking them this year. Yeah. Hey, I I was the only one to pick the Auburn upset last week. I'm, Tyler, I'm a, did, Tyler, didn't we tie last year? No, we we went over this. 
I beat you last year. You went to like some obscure tiebreaker that didn't even exist until the time that you read off the standings. I remember now. Damn it, Tyler. I don't know. I won the last three years. Yeah, so t- Derek, if Tyler wins. Derek always wins. It doesn't matter. Tyler will find a way to cheat to win anyway. He's the one that tallies up the scores. I think I think the tiebreaker was we picked one game, and it was winner take all. I think it was the national championship. We picked it. And I got it right. So your obscure stat was me getting the national championship right. All right, we're going to have to get somebody to fact check that. Producer Connor <laughs> will have to do that. <laughs> All right, let's get into the picks. Uh, first game in the Pac-12, Utah six and a half point favorites over Oregon. Tyler. Okay. Yeah, I mean. You know, since Utah lost to USC in September, they have been one of the more dominant teams in the country. I mean, that defense is, if they make the college football playoffs, maybe up there with the best defenses that you'll see in there. Um, I like Oregon. I mean, they have a very solid quarterback, and a lot of people thought they were going to be a playoff team. Um, They had a rigorous road in the Pac-12 this year, but ultimately I just think Utah is a better team, so I got Utah winning this game. Derek? Uh, you know, I, I watched a lot of that Utah game last week since that was my best bet, and I uh, really was curious to how that came out. They really struggled against Colorado last week. I mean, they covered, but it was kind of a backdoor cover where I think they ended up getting a fumble for a touchdown towards the la- late part of the game that ended up putting them up big. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to struggle against Oregon, but Oregon's got a much better defense. They have a much better offense, and I'm going to pull a Tyler here. I'm going to say Oregon still doesn't quite have enough to pull the upset. I think Utah is still a little hurt about going to the Pac-12 championship last year and losing it, and I think they're out for the revenge tour, and I think they'll I think they'll slide out a win, but I think it'll be a damn close game. I think this will be a fun one to watch. I like Utah and their defense in this game. Utah, they're scoring a lot of points. Their defense gets it done. Give me Utah. Uh, in the Big 12, Baylor against Oklahoma. Oklahoma's eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you look at the last time these two teams, you had you know, Oklahoma, who was uh, down at one point, 28-3 um, in that game, and then the second half scoring 24 unanswered points. You know, Jalen Hurts... Uh, was brilliant in the fourth quarter last time they played and ran for over 114 yards. I think Baylor wants to get revenge. I think Baylor is going to play this closer than maybe the spread looks. Um, I think it's going to be actually a pretty competitive game, but I think Oklahoma is going to pull out the victory. Derek? You know who's rooting for Baylor? Utah. Because yeah. I tell you what, boys, I think if Oklahoma wins this game, I think they jump Utah. Because I think their resume is a little bit better than Utah's at the end of the day. Uh, and beating Baylor, tw- beating a Baylor team that's only would only have two losses and both of them coming to Oklahoma, I think would go a long way to jump them. Uh, and at the end of the day, I, I Oklahoma's a damn good team. Their defense still struggles. I think they'll give up some points to uh, Baylor. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't think Baylor's going to have an answer for Jalen Hurts again. I'm going the opposite way. Baylor had Oklahoma on the ropes last time, and they failed to get it done. I think the revenge factor in this game, they're going to get this done. Uh, I love Baylor winning outright here. 
Well, Baylor will be rooting for Oregon because that's about the only way they're jumping Utah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, shoot, I don't even know if they even have a shot. But well, I think a one-loss Baylor. If if Utah lost and Baylor won, as long as Georgia doesn't beat LSU, I think they would have a chance to get in. Yeah, well, that, that would be great for Waco, I promise you. All right, let's move to the AAC, Cincinnati versus Memphis. It's a rematch of last game. And Memphis is nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really tough to beat the same team twice. That's kind of the reason why I think Baylor's going to play competitive. Um, You talked about that being a fun game last week. I I like Cincinnati to get revenge. I think this is an opponent watch for next season for the Huskers. Um, Cincinnati's a good team, and I I think they're going to be able to pull the upset. They convinced me enough last week that they can hang. Um, I don't think the talent gaps that much. I like Cincinnati to win this game. Derek. You're right, the talent gap's not that much. I just don't think they have enough to slow down Memphis. I, Memphis's offense is just too good, I think. I, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a fun game. It'll be a high-scoring game. Uh, but I, I think ultimately, I think Memphis, being at home, edges them out again. Yeah, uh, Tyler, you're right. You know, this is an opponent watch for next season. And if Cincinnati can pull off the upset here, that's gonna be that's gonna make it a little bit more tough tougher for uh, Nebraska next year because this Cincinnati team they lose three on offense and four on defense next year they'll return their quarterback, uh, but I'm going with Memphis I think they have too much firepower I mean they 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 score a lot of damn points you know they have a running back that has run for 1381 yards they have a receive wide receiver that has almost a thousand yards. And a quarterback, 3,300 yards with a 32-8 ratio. Lots of firepower there. Uh, I think they get it done here. Uh, Number four, SEC. you took Memphis? Yes, I got Memphis. Sorry. Uh, SEC, Georgia versus LSU. LSU's eight-point favorites, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at this game. I think this – I kind of hit this earlier. I think this is going to be the best game of the weekend. You know – Last week, Joe Burrows was absolute money against Texas A&M. And I don't know if you guys saw, had arguably one of the dumbest moments of college football season when he had to change his jersey when he came out in his French jersey. That was ridiculous. They made him change it. Uh, But he now (laughs) holds the SEC record uh, for passing yards and touchdowns. Um, You know, he he broke, uh, you know, the uh, Tim Couch's SEC record. He's tied Missouri's Drew Locke's SEC record. I mean, he, he's having a great year. Justin, you kind of already hit on Chase. I don't need to go through this, but I will tell you the other team is good, Georgia. They were not the most impressive last week against Georgia Tech. They're going to be without some weapons, but I think Jake Fromm is going to bring this team to play. I think this is going to be a competitive game, and Joe Burrows is going to completely seal his Heisman moment with a last-minute touchdown heroics, and I like LSU to win the game. Derek? All right, I'm going to go a little bit against what I said earlier and talk about why Joe Burrow is the best quarterback out there. He's got, like, what, 45 touchdowns and six interceptions. He's played way better defenses than Trevor Lawrence has played. He, This guy is just doing things that I never thought possible in the SEC. I mean, he scored the most points against Nick Saban since he's been at Alabama. 
Uh, he just, I mean, and not the Nick Saban's defenses are as strong as what you would normally expect, but they were still only averaging like 16 points a game going into that game. Uh, look, LSU has way too much power. They got way too much speed. Uh, they'll give up some points because our defense isn't as strong as it probably could be. But at the end of the day, Joe Burrow and those wide receivers are way too much for this Georgia team. I think they, I think they kind of blow them out. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Derek, on that one. Uh, too much firepower there. I, I love LSU. I, I got, I have them to cover. All right, let's move to ACC. Virginia versus Clemson. Clemson's 29 point favorites. How about that for a conference championship game, Tyler? Well, let me give you a bunch of stats and reasons. Ah, screw it. It's Clemson all day. <laughs> Derek. Yeah. It's not even, you can't even think of it as like a trap game. Like, it's just, it's the last game till January for them. So they're going to come out firing on all cylinders and they're going to destroy Georgia or Virginia. It's not even going to be a fun game to watch. All right. So just to make this interesting, how many points do you think Clemson will blow Virginia out by? Is it an easy cover? Tyler? We'll get, why don't we get into that when we do best bets? Okay. Oh, okay. So, so somebody has this spoiler for us there. Alert. All right. Spoiler alert. All right. Well, let's get to it there. All right. Uh, Big, tw- Big 10. Ohio State, 16.5 point favorites over Wisconsin. Tyler? You know, last time Wisconsin-Ohio State played, I mean, it was an absolute blowout. Um, but it was a game going into halftime. Jonathan Taylor really never got going um, in that game. And he only ran for 52 yards. I do think Wisconsin can hang. But, guys, I'm telling you, this Ohio State team might be the best team of this decade. Uh, they are really, really good. I I think this is a closer game than last time. But Ohio State, they're going to win. Uh-oh. Derek's shaking his head. You're wrong. I got two words for you. Chase Young. Dude's phenomenal. That defensive line for Ohio State is too good. They'll shut down JT again. I I don't see this being – I mean, maybe for the first half it'll be a, a good game again, but I think at the end of the day there's just too much athletes on on Ohio State. They know what's at stake. Uh, Wisconsin right now, they're playing for a, a runner-up game anyway. I, I – I, not that I don't think Ohio, not that Wisconsin's not going to come to play, but they just don't have enough firepower to get to hang with Ohio State at the end of the day. Ohio State wins this big. Yeah, you know, last week when Ohio State went to Michigan, uh, Ohio State they were nine and a half point favorites, and I kind of thought that on the road Michigan would put up a big better fight than what they did. But my God, they absolutely blew Michigan out fifty six twenty seven. I think. That's going to happen here. I think uh, I th- I just really believe that Ohio State is going to blow Wisconsin out uh, bad. I mean, I do too. And I'm there's, just there's no way there's no way Wisconsin scoring 27 points on them. I don't think. Oh my God, Ohio State! They are just so good. They really are. Derek or Tyler, when you say that you know best team in the last 10 years, I'm with you, man. I can't believe how good they are. We they, they always prove it. You know that Penn State game where what was it twenty eight seventeen I think it was, but that score was a lot closer than what the game was. You know there was yeah. a couple there was a couple Penn, turnovers by Ohio State. State. Ohio State. Yeah, I mean sloppy. they were up like twenty one nothing at one point in that game. Yeah, 
I mean, and Ohio State kind of went to sleep a little bit in that game, but it really wasn't a good game. If you had to do a Heisman ballot, you know, one through eight, one through ten, something like that, you would probably have three Ohio State players in your top ten, like for the Heisman this year. I mean, they they, yeah. they are they are absolutely loaded. I mean, I if you ask me who Ohio State's best player, everyone wants to say Chase Young. Did you see that pass Justin Fields? He gets injured, goes in the tent, comes back out, throws a touchdown, a uh, money yeah. ball in tight coverage. I mean, it was. Oh. I mean, it was. I, I'm not taking anything away from Justin Fields. That guy and J.K. Dobbins. I, I mean, I mean, the, the Ohio State is just. I mean, they are super loaded right now. Is is Georgia kicking themselves in the nuts right now? The shaved nuts. Manscaped.com, everybody. 20% off and free shipping. <laughs> I mean, no, really. I mean, are they kicking themselves in the nuts right now? I mean, Jake Fromm's a good quarterback, but he he's not doing near what Justin Fields is doing. Well, okay, so then that's the question. You think about college football right now. You have Jake Fromm, really good quarterback. Okay, well, Justin Fields might be a little bit better. Well, you know who might be a little bit better than Justin Fields is Joe Burrows. I mean, what an interesting turn of events. Like, everyone wanted to see Jalen Hurts. And according to you, you know who might be better than him? Well, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is still the best quarterback, but not the point. Uh, I'm just pointing out that Joe Burrows is winning the Heisman Trophy, and Ohio State had him on the roster. No, I mean, it's it's crazy. Everyone wanted to see the revenge game of Jalen Hurts against Alabama. You know what we might get is the Joe Burrows revenge tour against uh, Ohio State. And I have to tell you, I this is like probably the biggest mortal sin of all time, but I'll, I'll be rooting for LSU if that comes down to that. You guys know who could be better than all the quarterbacks that you mentioned? Luke McCaffrey. If only Scott Frost would give that dude a chance against Iowa. If only. If only. Wait till Logan Smothers comes in. Yeah. He's going to be better than all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for Logan Smothers, man. Get Get it. Get here quick. Yeah, we got a right. quarterback right there. It is time for best bets. This is where Tyler, you know, Tyler likes to brag about all these games that, you know, he's just picking. But when there's money on the line, you do not want to listen to Tyler. Tyler, give us the updated standings. Well, I just want to point out that I will tell you my actual best bet this weekend is if Andrew Bunch ever gets in the game again and completes a pass, Justin will be clamoring for Andrew Bunch to be our starting quarterback. So. That that is the best bet of the week. Safe bet right there. Safe, Safe bet. bet right there. But no, I mean Justin's right. I am not doing so hot. I am four and ten on the season. My my account has been wiped out quite a bit. Justin, you are sitting there six and not six and eight. And what, Derek, I'm what I'm what six and one over the last yeah. uh, seven weeks. Six and one. Yeah, it, I love I love that caveat. No, it's great. You just love the caveat. You like to point yeah. out the little bit of sunshine in your loser of a season. And Derek, yeah. making money hand over fist, nine, four, and one. And you guys wanted to drop this segment. Well, Tyler did because he sucks. I wish we would have <laughs> a little bit more money. <laughs> Justin wanted to drop it too when he was 0 and 6. And 0 and 7. <laughs> <laughs> So, All right, go ahead, Tyler. What's your the best bet? It is going to be uh, Central Michigan minus seven uh, against uh, Miami of Ohio. Central Michigan has had a really good year. Another opponent watch for next year. They just came off of a very large victory against Toledo, and they have won 
uh, their last three games. Uh, they have played some good football. I'm not convinced Miami of Ohio is going to be able to hang with them in the MAC championship. So I'm going to go Central Michigan minus seven. All right, Derek. All right, I'm, I'm going to go with Clemson, guys. Uh, I, I kind of spoiled this earlier, but minus 29. Look, I, t- I told you guys earlier, Clemson has beat everybody by 35 points or more, uh, except for Texas A&M, who they beat 24 to 10, and North, North Carolina, who I firmly believe they were looking past. And every every good team kind of needs that little kick in the balls once in a while and have a bad game. And that's what it was. It was a bad game for them. Uh, but after that, they've woke up and they're just destroying everybody. Virginia's a decent team, but they're they're not, nowhere near the talent level of Clemson, and I, I think that's about your be- easiest bet right now. All right, I like that pick too, Derek. Uh, I'm going with Baylor. Uh, you know, I'm Waco Homer, Homer right here, <clears throat> but uh, Baylor eight and a, getting eight and a half against Oklahoma in the revenge game. I just think Baylor, if they don't win it, they're going to be playing this one t- t- uh, tough and close. You know, they got a really good defense. They already had them on the ropes one time. They're not going to miss fire this time. They'll get it done. I like that bet, Justin. Thank you. Thank you for not picking that as your best bet, Tyler. I, I, I thought about it. I thought yeah, about it. I appreciate it. you stay, stepping away. Uh, all right, it's time for last call. Uh, no topics are off limits here. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call goes to Chris Peterson, uh, the now former coach of Washington retires or steps away from uh, the Washington Huskies. That's one of the most unusual moves probably in college football of this coaching carousel. Uh, you know, Chris Peterson is probably one of the top 10 coaches in the season. I'll be curious to see what he does next. If he goes to the announcing booth and maybe fills in for Urban Meyer. Or if he just waits and goes to that USC job when it opens up. Uh, they'll be very interested to see because he is a great coach. Um, so it will be interesting what his future holds. Derek? I absolutely would be curious. Uh, I have seen some rumors on Twitter about him going to USC. But does he have any ties to Florida? Because there's a pretty good job in Florida right now open, too. Well, you know, he, he had opportunities to go to USC while he was at Boise State and it was too high profile of a job for him. He didn't want that job when it was offered to him. So he took uh, Washington because, you know, only a handful of people care about Washington. Uh, but I don't know where he's going to go. But I remember I remember there were Nebraska fans, uh, including some of us here, that uh, were really hoping that he would replace Bo Pelini back in the day when we're getting sick of him. But uh, he's a great coach. He's a really great coach. But doesn't this seem like a really weird time to step down after you had a kind of a mediocre year at best there at Washington? He's saying, I mean, you were just in the playoff or, or playoff uh, in contention for the playoff just a few years ago, and now all of a sudden you just – Barely over 500. It just seems like an odd year to step down and hope for a better job. Unless, like Tyler says, he's just tired of coaching. Maybe he wants to go to the booth. Or, or there's a scandal that's going about to bust open. Huh? Huh? Ooh. Oh, I always love those. I love that scandals. gives us a lot of talk during the off season. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need that since we won't be talking about Nebraska. Uh, all right. Uh, your last call, t- Derek. 
All right. Uh, I'm going to stick with Twitter here. Uh, all the, the Twitter sphere is just entertaining to me. And let me let me tell you guys, if, if you have an hour to just sit and do nothing, look up the hashtag fire saving, hashtag fire saving, and just read through some of these quotes. Most of them are sarcastic from trolls. But you see some of these guys are actually one Nick Saban fired. And it's between, I mean, you can go back to where they lost to LSU. You can t- look at them the way they lost to the Iron, lost the Iron Bowl last week. There are fans that are getting fed up with them. And it, it's funny to me because I think I told Justin this a while back. You know, all it takes is a couple bad seasons and they will talk about firing Saban. And Justin thought I was crazy. But. I mean, here we are. They've lost two games, and there's a small, very, very small portion of the fan base that's already talking about firing him. Uh, be careful what you wish for in Alabama because Nebraska was in the same boat. They weren't happy with nine-win coach. Now we can't even get to nine wins, so uh, be careful what you wish for. Tyler. I, I think those people are right. I think that's the right move for Alabama. I think they should fire Nick Saban. I mean, There's think about this guy. This guy just lost to Auburn. This is your in-state rival. So if any Alabama fans are listening, write, write your toothless Congress people. Let's make this happen. Get rid of Nick Saban at Alabama. There, there is a petition out there to fire Nick Saban. I signed it. It's a great. I, I signed it. It's a great <laughs> You know. You know. It's funny because even ESPN, who just completely loves Nick Saban, is even turning on him. They're talking about how bad his record is against Auburn because oh. he's ten and eight against Auburn, and he's out ne- of those ten wins, he's never beat an eight or nine win team. Ne- Auburn never beat a good team. Auburn. It's, it's just, he's a bum. This guy is a bum. How bad would it suck? It must be it must be horrible making the playoff like six years in a row and then finally missing it one time and go, oh, we need to fire this you guy. Guys, you guys forget the, that. They, the people thought lost. Nebraska fans were absurd for wanting Frank Solich fight after a 7-7 seven seven season. I mean, come on. How bad would it suck if they fired Nick Saban and then Michigan fires Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban goes to Michigan? <laughs> oh. Wah, 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 wah. Hey, I want to stick into the Big Ten with my last call. I'm going to go to Greg Schiano. We talked about Greg Schiano last week. And, uh, hey, Ruggers and Greg Schiano, they got a deal made. They got it signed, eight-year deal for $32 million. I think that's great for Ruggers. Uh, I think it's great for the Big Ten. Uh, we play Ruggers next year, so come on. We got we to gotta win that one, though. All right. What do you think, Tyler? Um, yeah, interesting move. I mean, we all thought Rutgers wasn't committed enough to winning. Well, the the promise to look at building a football facility was enough to get Greg Schiano to sign. That or the realization that he wasn't going to get paid anywhere else. So uh, I don't know which one it could have been. But, yeah, Rutgers will look into that facility sometime in the near future. Derek? Drama follows this guy everywhere. He had a job last year at Tennessee, and uh, what happened? Oh, that's right. The fans revolted and got him fired before he got a, got on campus. Uh, I don't know. Now this year he goes back to Rutgers, and I, I yeah, that's where he belongs, I guess. You're not sold on the hire? I think it's good for Rutgers. I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know if he. I don't know that. I don't know if there's any coach out there. I don't think they could hire Nick Saban. I don't think he can get things going at Rutgers right now. That's just a dumpster fire. Yeah. Well, we'll see. He 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 got it done there at one time. So in a weak conference. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's not like the Big Ten East is he's any still, good. He's still gonna have to try and beat Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan. That's easy. That's not, Maryland. It's not too bad. Indiana scored won a lot of games out of the East this year. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time Rutgers won a Big Ten game? Two years ago. God, I don't know. Maybe. Would they do beat Maryland? I don't know. I, I don't even care enough to look that up, actually, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get out of here. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, but special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and now BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next week to talk about the season recap. Uh, We'll see you then, and as always, go Big Red.